Nyata, hello. It's Alison here from a little church in southwest Victoria called Sanctuary. When I first introduced a man who's to become my husband to my extended family, not one but two different people said to me, Wow, we never thought you'd meet anyone, let alone a Collins Street lawyer. <laughs> I still think it's hilarious. Never mind that my husband's office was on Queen Street. Their message was very clear. All my life I'd been told by family, church and society that no man wanted an outspoken wife. I was insightful, articulate, prophetic, forceful, blunt. Great qualities in a man or perhaps a celibate single professional woman. But if I wanted to catch a good husband... I would need to dumb down and shut up, because a person God had made me to be was unattractive and unlovable, and would make a dreadful wife and mother. Now obviously at some level, I rejected that narrative, because here I am now both parenting and preaching, and yet to say these voices had no effect on me would be to tell a lie. I can still feel anxious about my wifing and mothering, and I can still also hear the voice which says I have no right to speak and nothing to say, and that I should just shut up. In other words, thanks to the narrative, both wife and mother and writer and preacher can feel like contested spaces, and on bad days I feel like I should just disappear. I'm sure that you carry troubling narratives of your own, Stories which cause internal division and conflict. Stories which make you want to cancel yourself. Perhaps they're stories about what a real man or woman looks like. Perhaps they're stories about acceptable forms of desire. Perhaps they're stories about your lovability or worth, or your right to have an opinion and speak out. Perhaps they're stories about whether you can ever be enough, or do enough, or be good enough. Or perhaps there's something else that you've internalised from the narratives which swirl around you. They're the stories which make a strong woman question whether she can raise a family and do a job, even when others have regularly affirmed her in those roles. They're the stories which make another wonder if she can be gay and Christian, when she's living, breathing proof that the answer is a great big yes. They're the stories which tell a man that he'll never live up to his father or brothers, and he may as well move to a distant land and raise pigs. They're stories which turn us against ourselves, making us fearful, fractured, and which often in our fearfulness we turn outwards onto others. Indeed, we all know what it is to be a house divided. And we know what it is to belong to families and communities which turn people against each other and tear people apart. Because turning fear and anxiety into rejection and blame is how human beings have always lived. We create the illusion of social cohesion by scapegoating others. And so we here right now claim that people with dementia are refusing to be vaccinated. And that's the problem with the vaccine rollout. 
we lock up the Balula family on Christmas Island. We point the finger at those conservatives or liberals or women or gays who are slowly destroying the church. We shame the brother who leaves a suffocating family and chooses a different path. And we reject the acceptance and love showered generously upon us and cower inside our small shriveled selves and refuse to grow, the act for which there's no forgiveness, since we cannot have that which we refuse to accept. We cannot have the thing that we refuse to accept. And most of the time, we wear a mask. The passive mask of helplessness. The calm mask of competence. The smiling mask of politeness. The rictus which pretends that everything's okay. Meanwhile, we clutch our fears and our failings tightly to our chest. We tell ourselves and the world that we're doing just fine. But every now and then the mask slips and we crumble. For a house divided cannot stand. But there is one who can bind Beelzebul, that demon of the dwelling place. And he can enter the house and steal our hearts. He reveals and expels the powers and stories which fracture bodies, minds and spirits in individuals and communities. For the demonic is simply that which tears people apart. And in their place, he offers new stories, a hospitable community and healing and integration and forgiveness. When this one is in the house, I can be both mother and preacher without doubt or fear. She can be gay and he can be vulnerable and you can be loving and we can be formed into a compassionate crowd a generous and open-hearted body which knows its own wounds and which has tenderness for others and which breathes forgiveness and healing towards everyone. Of course, living wholeheartedly and expansively with Christ in our midst has consequences. Our families might think we are gone crazy and silence or reject us. Religious types might say we don't know our Bible, that we're not really Christian, that we're possessed, and we ourselves must stay alert to our fears and our doubts, our familiar demons, those snarling voices and sneaking stories which seek to shame and silence and fracture and divide and scapegoat and accuse us all, those voices which erupt within us and between us and even around us from time to time. Not once. But many times does Christ throw out demons, and it always leads to more conflict. But take heart, for in this kingdom life of communion and challenge, we are not alone. We have a new family centred around Jesus, which guides us and encourages us and pushes us towards growth. It's a family which wants you to become the person God has made you to be. It's a family that cherishes you and delights in you and listens for your voice. It's a family which teaches you more about forgiveness and generosity and grace and which hopes that you will teach them too. 
So squeeze through the door and come on in. For there are siblings aplenty all crowded around Jesus, filling heart and home with love. In the name of the strongest, most loving one, I welcome you. I welcome you. Amen. So that's a riff on Mark chapter 3, verses 20 to 35, given to Sanctuary on the 6th of June. And did you know there's always more to read on our website at sanctuarybaptist.wordpress.com. Sanctuary is funded entirely by members and supporters. If you'd like to support the work of this little church, you can make a donation via PayPal, and you can find the details for this on the website. This podcast was made on the lands of the Eastern Ma Nation, whose people have been sharing story and keeping culture since time immemorial. I pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Peace be with you. Amen.